The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. When my way groweth drear, precious Lord, lingered near. When my life is almost gone, hear my cry, hear my call, hold my hand, lest I fall. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on. Let me stand, I'm tired, I'm weak, I'm warm. the storm through the night lead me on to the light take my hand precious Lord lead me on when the shadows appear and the night draweth near and the day is past and gone. At the river I stand, guide my feet, hold my hand, take my hand. Precious Lord, lead me Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand, I'm tired, I'm weak, I'm worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. America is entering what many are calling the dark night of the soul where things don't make sense anymore where things don't work the way they used to we're wearing masks we're being told don't come together we're being told stay home from church It's a time of confusion and difficulty and hardship. It's a time of soul-searching. I think it's time for the church 
to stand up and say, enough of this. We need to be together. Doesn't Psalm 91 mean something to the church today? One Christian brother said, no, no, we we have to obey the authorities. Well, do you remember the story of the leper in Matthew? Right after the Sermon on the Mount, the leper comes and he kneels before Jesus and he says, if you want to, you can heal me. He broke the Levitical law by coming into the presence of a man without leprosy. Jesus did not rebuke him. Instead, Jesus reached out his hand and he touched this leper, leper all th- leprosy all through his body. That also broke the Levitical law. But then... Jesus healed him. It's time for the church to rise up in this age of absolute despair that's descending upon our nation. It's time to go back to church. It's time to gather together as Christians and begin to cry out to the Lord God of heaven. They tell you, you can't. Well, what's the difference between what's happening in America and what happened in China? Christians still met in China. If they had to, they went very quietly and secretively and entered into homes and gathered where they could sing praises to Jesus and they could worship him and they could cry out for deliverance. There's something about the church gathering that is much more powerful Then one person alone, Jesus said, where two or three gather in my name, there I am. If two or three of you agree on earth, it shall be done for you. But we are a church in America that is without backbone. We don't want confrontation. We don't want persecution. I've been struggling with this. I've been thinking a lot about some of the Old Testament stories. This dark soul of the night, or the dark night of the soul, this is descending on America right now. More than 20 million people being evicted from their homes. Well, where are those people going to go? Some will go to homeless shelters. Some will go to the streets and live in their cars. Some will go with family members or friends. But it's a time of utter and absolute upheaval. And I believe this month we're going to see some very, very unusual things. I am coming by faith that the Lord will expose all of the corruption in our government this month and bring it to a conclusion. Now, I want to talk about a story. The king's name was Jehoshaphat, and he was compromised. 
he became friends with Ahab. They made a treaty together. And then he married one of Ahab's daughters, which was not uncommon in that day among pagan kings. You remember Solomon did that. He married the daughter of the Egyptian pharaoh and made a peace treaty with him. That's worldliness. It was not the will of God. So then Ahab collects on the friendship by saying, will you go to war with me? And would you, would you dress in your royal robes and I'll go in disguise? What a setup. But what Jehoshaphat doesn't know and what Ahab has been told, but he's ignorant, is that God has decided to end his kingdom. He's decided to execute Ahab. So the Moab, the Moabites and others, they engage in war. Now, Jehu, a prophet, a seer, comes out to meet Jehoshaphat as he returns from the war that he was in with Ahab. And he says to him in Second Chronicles 19, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Because of this, the wrath of the Lord is upon you. Now, please understand, we've come to a time in America when tolerance is not going to work. We're not going to be able to go along to get along. We need a backbone. We need a standard of righteousness lifted up in this nation where we stop playing games with God and we become honest and upfront. Yes, I serve the living God of heaven. I don't walk in unrighteousness. No, I will not come to your party. No, I will not get drunk with you. No, I'm not going to go to the club. I'm not going to go to the striptease girls with you. I'm just not going to do it. It's unclean. It's clean and clear with that person where you stand. Oh, pastor, I might lose some friends. My job might fire me. Go on being a pagan then. Spray painted with Jesus. But it's time to understand that God looks at us differently than we look at ourselves. And he is looking for righteousness and holiness. He is looking for repentance. But then he goes on, and this is an encouragement. There is, however, some good in you, for you've rid the land of the Asherah poles, that is, the poles that worshipped the fertility gods. And you've set your heart on seeking God. So here's Jehoshaphat. He set his heart on seeking God, but he's playing with the enemy. He wants to be a follower of the Lord God of heaven, but he's compromised in his relationship. And the Lord says through the prophet, my wrath is now on you. I'm angry with you, Jehoshaphat. 
Now this is a perfect time for the devil to strike. And now we're going to see how Jehoshaphat responds. In chapter 20, 2 Chronicles, After this the Moabites and the Ammonites come to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea, that is the Dead Sea. Well, what is he going to do? He's alarmed. He's in trouble. He knows he does not have the military ability to defeat this massive army that is coming against him so unexpectedly. How are we going to deal with COVID-19? Are we going to be as the good doctor says, locked down for months on end with our economy destroyed? Is that what God has in mind for Christians? I don't think so. Are we going to wear this foolish mask forever? Is that now Saudi Arabia? I don't think so. Many of you have either lost your job, had your hours cut back, finances are difficult. One friend is saying, I'm watching as they lay everybody off. Am I next? And then what about finances? And some of you are, you're being evicted from your homes. And things are desperate. As one man said, we're now in an either-or economy. You either pay your rent or you buy food. You either pay your car payment or you buy food. What are you going to do? Well, you've cut back as far as you can. You went from making 35 or $40 an hour to 10 there's no way you can work long enough or hard enough to make up that difference. So how are you going to live? How are you going to survive? And so your world is crashing. I know many of you today are facing depression, discouragement, you fasted and you prayed, and it seems like, as one man said, the doors of heaven are locked. I can't get through. I can't get to God. I remember many years ago, my late wife, Jan, and I were in a home in Moreno Valley, California. We were not there at the Lord's direction. We were there at our own direction to start a new church. And all of our finances crashed. And all of those who'd made large pledges to us said, no, we can't pay. We can't do it faster. We're so sorry. We tried to find jobs and we couldn't. So I went up to an empty bedroom in that house and I lay on my face before God from 
eight o'clock in the morning until five or six at night, day after day after day. Finally, all the food was gone. We were at the point of being evicted. There was a repossession order on our car. We were at our total wit's end. We had no way to make it through this. We'd borrowed all the money we could borrow. Our credit cards were maxed out at $70,000. We couldn't, what could we do? We didn't have money to have food. We were going to be evicted from the house. I lay on my face and I said, Lord, my sin has brought me to this. My foolish decisions have brought me to this. I cannot save myself. If you don't come and save me, they're going to come and find my dead body up here in this prayer closet because I'm not going to leave this prayer closet until you answer. And if you don't answer, I'll die. We're out of food. We're out of everything. We're at the end. I was very depressed and very discouraged and utterly hopeless. Utterly hopeless. I saw no possibility of continuing to live. And then the Lord came. And he said to me, Will you receive from my hand only that which I give you? And I said, yes. That night, he sent someone to our door with 16 bags of groceries. The next day, he sent me to an attorney, a Christian attorney. And that Christian attorney opened a way for me to very quickly make all of the money we needed to deliver ourselves. And then the Lord said, now, your house is packed. Rent a U-Haul truck and go back to Washington, D.C., where I called you. (laughs) We loaded the truck. We put a dolly on behind and pulled the car. And we came back to Washington, D.C., where God has assigned us. Now, hear what I'm saying to you. Jehoshaphat is at the utter end of himself. He knows his army cannot stand up against this mighty army that is coming against him. He knows the Moabites and the Ammonites are going to wash over little Judah and destroy them and burn their temple. Now, remember I said to you, Jehoshaphat was double-minded. He wanted to go play with Ahab. And God had determined to put Ahab to death. And so Jehoshaphat is witness to Ahab's being killed. 
A stray arrow struck him, and he spent the rest of the afternoon bleeding out in his chariot. And at dark, he, he died. But now, Jehoshaphat is told, God's wrath is on you. Can I tell you something? And some of you are not going to like what I'm going to say. But the wrath of God is on the American church. It is not time for you to be comforted in your compromise with sin. And there are some of you who have understood these issues and you have boldly stood up and said, I will no longer compromise with any wickedness. I will not tolerate it in my life. I am finished with it. I praise God for you. Brothers and sisters, I call you brothers and sisters because that's what you are in truth. You are my brother and you are my sister because you've made that absolute commitment to Jesus Christ and you are not going to waver in that commitment. And you're not going to go play in the club. You're not going to go hang with the world. As one preacher said to me, you know, I know how to hang with God's people and I know how to hang with the world. Well, that's not a godly pastor. That's a pagan pastor. Let's be straight. Jehoshaphat is compromised. He's in trouble. Now, what he does is very significant. And I offer it to you as the model that you must follow. It is the model that I have followed Reading in Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter, verse 3. Alarmed. The alarm woke him up. Alarmed. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. And the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they come from, came from every town in Judah to seek him. They decided to inquire of the Lord. Now, if you don't have food in your house, the alarm should wake you up. If you've lost your job, the alarm should wake you up. If you're discouraged and depressed and about to turn aside, the alarm should wake you up. You're going to have to wake up. I can't come and pat you on the head and say, there, there, God loves you and everything's going to work out and everything's going to be fine. No, it's not. The wrath of God is on us. And there must be an alarm. And I pray that this COVID is a sounding, ringing alarm in your ears. I pray these foolish masks are, are an alarm in your ears. I pray that this election is an alarm ringing in your heart. I pray the loss of businesses and money and jobs are an alarm ringing in your heart. 
and that you will now decide to do what I did. Get on your face on the carpet. Day after day, if necessary, until God answers from heaven and delivers you. They began to fast. Some of you have not fasted for years if you've ever fasted. I mean a day or two days or a week with no food, just drinking water. Oh, pastor, I die. No, you won't. You'll find God. There are some ways God will not answer if you are not fasting. Now, you can fast one or two meals a day if there's a medical condition. But you can fast. Don't tell me you're going to fast television. You should be repenting for that. Don't tell me you're going to fast the violent video games. You need to repent for those. They need to be utterly cut off from your life so that you stop playing games with God. This is a very, very serious time. It is life and death that we are entering into. It is literally the dark night of the soul for America. And where is the church? Sound asleep, fat and happy, 300 pounds, fat and happy. What a sad situation we find ourselves in. It makes me weep before the Lord. And little sayings like when the tough, when the, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Or if it's going to be, it's up to me. No. That's a lie. When the going gets tough, the real go to God. If it's going to be, it's up to God. It's up to Jesus. You understand, we come to a place where we can't rescue ourselves. We can't make it work. And we want to, as one person said to me, I just want to go watch a movie and get into a different reality for a while so I can rest. What? Where in the scripture does it say, go to lies so you can rest? No, Jesus says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, he didn't just do this himself. He called all the people of Judah together, and he said, listen, we've got to seek the Lord. So Jehoshaphat stands up in the assembly of Judah, and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. O our God, 
Did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They've lived in it. They've built in it a sanctuary for your name. Saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment, and this was the sword of judgment, or plague, COVID-19, or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us, and you will save us. See, if we want God to hear our cries, it's going to have to be with tears and not with laughter. Now, many times the children of Israel said, let's eat and drink. Tomorrow we die. Let's have a party tonight. And the Babylonians came and took them away and killed them. A million Jews died. You have to choose. But when you've finally done everything you can do, doesn't Ephesians say, put on the whole armor of God, and when you've done all, when you've done everything you can do, just stand. Now, I want to tell you something. And I'm not saying this in any cheap or cheesy way. God loves you. God loves you. And he will deliver you. But you're going to have to do what he's told you to do. You're going to have to put away sin. You're going to have to stop compromising with other people. A man says to me, Oh, pastor, I love Jesus. And I say to him, then, why can't you be on time to church? Oh, pastor, I I try, but I just... When you were working, were you on time to work? Oh, yes, always. But you can't be on time to church. You're always five or ten minutes late. Tell me, what's that about? Well, pastor, I just can't seem to wake up in the morning. Oh, you need an alarm. You need to be hungry. You need to have a a situation where you're going to lose your condo and it's going to be foreclosed on and then maybe the alarm would be loud enough in your ears that you would wake up. Do you think? This man hasn't had an alarm loud enough. He's lazy. He loves the good life. He's still comfortable. He's lost his job. But he's sure God's going to give him another job. Really? 
You think so? When God's wrath is on him? He's going to have to seek the face of God. He's going to have to put away his sin. He's going to have to fast before the Almighty. Now it's true. What Jehoshaphat has said, that when the sword of judgment comes, or the plague, the COVID-19 comes, or the famine, he says, now we're going to go and stand in your presence. The modern church is saying, no, we can't go stand in the presence of God. The government said we can't meet. Well, is the government your God? Are they the ones you obey, or do you obey the Lord God Almighty? Go to church, brother, sister. Get out of your cave. Understand the alarm is ringing for America, and there need to be people who will gather together in the name of Jesus and cry aloud and pray and stand by faith that Jesus will deliver the church in America. Now, some of you may say, Oh, Pastor, why are you so angry? I'm not angry. I'm just so concerned. My heart is broken for the American church. I've been in too many praise and worship meetings where the cows of Bashan have all gathered fat and happy, and then have the pastor stand up and say, oh, the presence of God is among us. No, he's not. Your emotions are among you. And the pastor proceeds to give them a wonderful sermon on how much God loves them and how much everything's going to work out and, and how they can make more money and how they can become more prosperous. What idolatry before God. Is it any wonder his wrath is on the church? But now he's praying, O God, here are the men from Ammon and Moab and Mount Sur, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of our possession? See how they're coming to take our nation away from us? To co-opt the government and turn it into a socialist, Marxist, totalitarian state? See how they're trying to steal America? He says, you gave us an inheritance. Oh God, will you not judge them? Oh God, will you not judge those wicked men who have cheated in the election? Will you not judge those who favor the murder of babies? Will you not judge those who are forbidding us from gathering together and worshiping you, Jesus? Will you not judge them? He says, for we have Oh God, we have no power to face this vast army that's attacking us. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. I'm in that place today. I don't have a house to move to. I have to move this month. 
The house is pretty much packed except my bedroom. My closet is not packed. This morning, a brother and sister came, precious, precious souls to my heart. And she packed the dining room hutch and a bunch of other stuff. I, she did it so quickly. I praise God for people who care. But now I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do to spread the word of this broadcast. I'm on YouTube and I'm on the radio broadcast, 7.80 a.m. right now, live. But we're not making a difference in the church. The American church doesn't even hear us. They don't want to hear repent. They don't want to hear leave your sin. They don't want to hear God is not here to comfort you. He has his wrath against you. And you must seek his face and humble your heart. And you must leave your wicked ways, your evil ways. And all the men of Judah and their wives and their children holding the little ones in their arms. They stand before the Lord. It's time for the church in America to gather in its buildings to open the doors and say, come, let's hold a solemn assembly. Let's gather before the Lord, husbands and wives and little children, and let's stand before the Almighty and say, what do you want to do with us in America? What do you want to do with this American church? We need to begin confessing publicly our sins. We need to stop being tolerant. Tolerant of every sexual impurity. Tolerant of of excess and gluttony. Tolerant of, of bitterness and anger and rancor. Tolerant. Put up with. I'm not going to put up anymore. I'm done. And I'm eager for you to be done with it too. I'm eager for you to say, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm done with this sin. I'm not going to play in the middle anymore. I'm not going to ride the fence ever again. I'm on the side of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is now among us. We must join and be a part of the kingdom of God. And with love and compassion and mercy, cry aloud, but with no compromise. So they stood there. It doesn't say so, but I'm sure the men and women were weeping before God. Do you understand? The first word of the gospel is repent. 
the last word of the gospel is repent. What is repentance? Let's be very clear. Repentance is turning away from that which is evil. It is saying, I am finished. I'm done. No more compromise. I'm sure they stood before the Lord in that great courtyard in front of the temple and wept. They didn't have much time. The army was very close. Their destruction was at hand. We don't have much time either. The hydrogen and nuclear bombs of of China and Russia will fall on America if we do not repent. We will be invaded if we do not repent. War will come to our shores. Famine is already coming to our shores. Businesses by the hundreds and thousands are being closed, and people are losing everything they invested to start their business. You know what I've started doing? When I go to the dry cleaners, they're Christians. My bill may be 15 or $16 for my dry cleaning. I leave them an extra $20 bill. And they say, no, 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 pastor, you can't do that. Yes, I can. I want to bless you in the name of Jesus. I wish I could give them $1,000, but I don't have it but I care. They stood before the Lord. And as they're standing before the Lord, the word of the Lord comes from a prophet. He said, imagine this great crowd of people, they're weeping, they're waiting on God. And then the word comes. Listen, King Jehoshaphat, listen. And all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. You see, when we, when we are in that utterly broken place, when we can't pay, when we know we're dying, when we know we're not going to make it, we have no resources, we have no strength, we have no ability to survive what's happening to us, and we're in that dark night of the soul where we say, where is our God? We seek his face and we fast and we turn away from our wicked ways. We humble our hearts and we seek the Lord. 
Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's, and God takes on our battle. I've experienced it so many times. I've come to the end of the month and had no ability to pay the radio broadcast. And I have just been on my face crying out to God. And suddenly, men and women are moved by the Spirit to begin to donate money. And almost to the exact penny, month after month, the money comes in. (laughs) The battle is not mine. It's the Lord's. He said, tomorrow, march down against them. They'll be climbing climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Psalm 46.10 I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted on the earth. A literal Hebrew translation for that. Cease and forsake all your strivings and acknowledge that I am God. So he says, take your position. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Do they deserve to have the Lord with them? No, they do not. Does Jehoshaphat deserve to be heard? No, he does not. But we serve a God who is just, but he's also merciful. At the cross, justice and mercy kissed. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down, their faces to the ground, to worship before the Lord. And then some Levites stood up and they began to sing praises to the Lord God of Israel with loud voices. Now here's a praise and worship that matters. This is not the foolishness that goes on in most American churches where the band strikes up and the people begin to be emotionally caught up and the, and the director of the praise and worship begins to move in his power to excite the people. They begin to dance and shout and wave their flag. Oh, come on, give me a break. Makes me angry. No recognition that the wrath of God is on the church. Well, they all went home. They all thoroughly discussed what had happened. They discussed what had been said by the prophet. And early the next morning, they all met. 
and with the army, they headed for the desert. And Jehoshaphat stood up and he said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise and worship, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Sur who were, inv- who were invading Judah. And they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men from Mount Sur to destroy and annihilate them. And they finished slaughtering the men from Sur. They helped to destroy one another. In other words, the whole army just destroyed itself. Now that's praise and worship that matters. That's praise and worship that comes out of the very presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's praise and worship that comes from the throne of God. That's the kind of worship we need in the church today, not this cheap sentimental slop. We need real worship. As we face the alarm of COVID and we face the alarm of jobs and businesses closing as we face the alarm that we may not have food or house or car. And we go before God and we cry aloud and ask for his deliverance. And he finally speaks and we rejoice. Now that's praise and worship. The modern church goes and borrows large amounts of money from the bank, and then they come back and they have a praise and worship service because God gave them money from Pharaoh. It would have been real praise and worship had they gone to the Lord and asked for the money and waited on the Lord to provide it before building their fine edifice to themselves. Well, when they went to look, all they saw were dead bodies. It took them three days to collect all the the gold and silver, the clothing, the arms. And they entered Jerusalem, and they went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lutes and trumpets and sang praise to the mighty God of heaven. And the fear of God came upon all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. You know what has to happen, don't you? The alarm has to finally be loud enough in the ears of the modern American church that we turn from our wicked ways and seek the face of God and humble our hearts. Until we do that, there will be no revival and there will be no deliverance. 
for right now the wrath of God is on the American church. And the American church is not respected. It's scorned. It's time to repent. I pray this has been helpful to you today. I've spoken what the Lord gave me. I'd love to hear from you. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You're also welcome to come to the National Prayer Chapel. Go on our website, nationalprayerchapel.com, and you'll find the directions for how to reach us if you want to wait before the Lord with us and seek his face. It's real. It's not compromising. It's straight up. If you'd like to give online, and thank you to the four people this morning who gave online, go to nationalprayerchapel.com, click on the upper right-hand corner, and you can give online. My brother, my sister, God loves you. I love you. I'm praying for you. And I'm standing by faith that God will hear our cries as we weep before him. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'll talk to you soon.